Welcome to Cinebabble. This is a special bonus TVA episode where we are covering Loki the series. Uh, Loki was on Disney Plus, and what I thought would just sort of be this this side story about this character who had died in the MCU turned out to be a, a, a really interesting and, and kind of surreal, uh, fun little trek into the uh, maybe multiverse. Uh, what we're going to do, I, I'm curious what you thought of the the first five episodes. Let's let's save our finale chat for the very end. I want to I want to because I don't know yet what you thought of the finale. Yeah, uh, right. And so let's. What did you think of Loki up through the end of episode five? Well, f- when they're facing down. And by the way, I'm uh, Clint. This is Clint. I'm sorry, I got uh, so Loki. You're so, you're- I'm so excited, Clint. I'm like Gator Loki. I just, I want to get in there and bite off some hands. You're loco for Loki. Okay. Welcome to <laughs> Cinebabble, the Loki episode. Hi, I'm Ken, and this is my variant, Clint. Variant Clint, say hi to the world. Do you like the horns I have? I do. I do. They're they're kind of classic. They're made to have two toothbrushes? Yeah. 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 I, That's all I, I had. Just don't take down the acoustic paneling. I'll, I'll try not to get them caught. Is that I all you had? I sharpened the shivs. So they That's are. it. That's all you had. We had to double back. What? unprofessional what are you talking about last time we had argued about pedigree and you're just you're really failing on pedigree clint i don't know what's happening all right i know what's happening we are going to talk about loki episode one through five and then i'm very excited like i was saying i'm so excited i skipped right past introducing us but i'm very excited to hear what you thought about the finale and the series as a whole but let's start with episode one through five okay episode one loki is you know taking the tesseract uh, and disappearing, and the TVA comes after him. By the end of episode five, he and Sylvie are are ready to storm the castle, and we don't know who's in the castle. Clint, what did you think of the first five episodes of Loki? I mean, I I loved Loki. I mean, you know how I feel about superheroes. That I like, I I can give or take most of them. There's mm-hmm. a small percentage that really stick with me and really envelop me and want me like gets me to be. Uh, entertained and uh, interested. So the ones that really stand out to me are the ones that are the weirder ones, the ones with strange sci-fi storylines. Because you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah. Those are the ones that really yeah, kind of Yeah, I do enjoy the Captain America films because mm-hmm. also there are some weird sci-fi elements to that. Winter Soldier yeah. really dovetails in where it's got like Zola on the computer. And right. It's, yeah. Where it has those kind of elements, that's where I, I get hooked in. Okay. So going into this one, I, Loki is... Uh, one of the characters I enjoy, I really enjoy um, his performance, Tom Hiddleston's performance. Tom Hiddleston, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not actually Loki. No, it's not really Loki. Yeah. I wasn't implying that. No, I just, I want to make sure of Toms. that people know that this is fiction. That's important yeah. information. A lot of Toms to and Chris's in this, wor- this <laughs> world. So I'm just making sure. That's right. Um, so going in, I was um, already interested because it's, it's Loki, and there's this apparent going to be apparently a weird sci-fi world that's a very throwback to classic science fiction. So I was excited, and it did not let me down. I was really interested all the way through. I mean, Owen Wilson uh, as his counterpart in this one <laughs> is entertaining. It's got a really good sense of humor to it, um, really sense of weird. Um, so the first five episodes, I was 
hook, line, and sinker in on it. I I'm exactly the same, almost to the point that I was getting giddy. Yeah, uh, where especially by the time uh, episode five rolls around and spoilers, Loki ends up in this void. Right, and you've got you know as many Lokis as they can put on the screen. Lokis with uh, bike. <laughs> uh handles handlebars. for horns yeah. handlebars uh and then oh my goodness the the crocodile mischief or the gator of mischief or whatever they're calling him that alligator was so much more than a one note joke oh, he was yeah. this character yeah and they would just cut away and have full reaction shots yeah from this little you know alligator and i just it was so bizarre and it was so fun and I was laughing. And at the same time, they're selling uh, these character moments. They're selling the drama of it. They're they're paying off kind of early character development and, and some of the trust issues the characters have for each other. And it just it was wrapped in this nice little bow of fun. Uh, yeah. And it, it certainly wasn't the first episode. It just it really had built to this part where it felt like they could put anything on the screen and completely get away with it. They were just having fun. For sure. And I feel like not getting to the last episode, mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, I think it avoids a lot of the Marvel tropes that mm -hmm. we've come to know as far as like the story arc. And it's got to be leading towards this big battle, yeah. bad event. Um, there's a lot of talking moments with characters that are really rewarding and really uh, pay off towards the end and make you feel for these characters. I feel like anytime there, it's very rare that there's a love story that really sinks, mm -hmm. and, like like has me. And this one does, where, where you actually want the characters to get together, you believe it. Which is crazy because they're variants of the yeah, same they're person. The, they're the same. It should bother you, it should yeah. creep you out, but your brain knows it should be creeped out, but at the same time, you just, you're rooting for these crazy kids. Right. I mean, just, you know. I know. I mean, like to me, it, it never really like I thought it was weird in the sci fi way of weird, but yeah. never in an icky like this grosses me out like their brother and sister kind of yeah. way like that never bothered me. And um, it's still Marvel. I mean, at most, we're talking about a shared kiss here. Right. Uh, it's not yeah, like we're going to have a, a Loki Loki baby kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, around the corner. Right. And, and also where it ends up going. So, sure. but so most of the time, anytime there's a relationship like that, like a romantic relationship in most things, I have no, like never believe it. It always comes off as too cutesy. Mm -hmm. Like there's too much uh, banter that's like clearly written by a writer's forced, yeah. forced where every voice sounds the same. Yep. Um, but this felt natural and it felt like it was really well written and, it comes kind of out of left field and it's not something you or I was expecting out of the series. So it just, it worked for me. And uh, so the combination of that and the science fiction and the, the well casting of characters, I, I was, yeah, I, I wasn't really enjoying. Marvel does really well with its casting. One of the things that I think they nail in most of their movies and most of their series is they understand inherently that exposition is boring. Mm-hmm. And they they really go out of their way to try to make exposition interesting. And maybe it's performance, maybe it's character. But there's Loki, the series, requires a lot of just the story has to explain to you what it's doing. Right. 
how do you do that in an interesting way? Well, you cast somebody like Owen Wilson and you take somebody like Tom Hiddleston in a situation where they're going through all these bizarre check-in rituals and, you know, having to sign that, yes, they said all these things and being changed in this jumpsuit and all this weirdness happening. And then you have this character played by Owen Wilson come in, show you your life, which really is just scenes we've already seen. Right. But we're not watching those scenes again. We're watching this character react to those scenes. Yeah. And you're watching this tug of war between the two. And so the exposition is in service of the character development. Right. Suddenly exposition is interesting because the character's hearing it for the first time. Yeah, you already know it, but you're watching how they process it for the first time. And I feel like this is almost every episode one, they did a good job pacing it, I think, mm-hmm. and and really layering the story throughout each episode so they're not getting too much at once. But they did a really good job of, of combining tones. Mm-hmm. And one minute you can be laughing, the next minute there could be an action scene, the next minute uh, there could be slapstick, and then suddenly you, you half want to cry for Loki because he's realizing his mom is dead. And this Loki, right. it's the first time he's he's realizing that and just seeing him process this crazy situation on top of having to watch a life he hasn't lived or had any choice in. Right. Uh, and that's just the first episode. Yeah. Um, well, and like you were saying about like him processing those kind of moments and reacting to seeing his life and the things he's done also says a, like was used really well to like introduce like Owen Wilson's character and says a lot about him and uh, how he how he sees Loki and how um, he sees him not really as a bad guy. He sees him as somebody who's done bad things, but there's something inside of him that's good. And that says something about Owen Wilson's character that he yeah. is a person who's capable of seeing that in somebody and what he's... Um, how he sees the world. Well, and there's just a cleverness to the story by having Loki be one of those characters that is constantly being pruned. There's all these variants because they know how to survive. You have a character uh, like Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, who is not disgusted or surprised by Loki's bad decisions and, and, you know, evil acts. Mm -hmm. It, it, this is just another Loki. This is Tuesday for this guy. Uh, yeah, there's something different about this Loki, but he's starting at this weird, almost ambivalent ground uh, when he comes into contact with Loki rather than the traditional story structure where, you know, here's this villain and you've got to really redeem him. No, in in this world, he's just one of many. He's nothing right. special. Right. And that first episode is really breaking down Loki into realizing I'm nothing special. Oh, the Infinity Stones are nothing special. Everything that I thought of as something I wanted has zero value. And yeah. It got very, in in a weird way, existential. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so once you've stripped down that character, now you can really start to play with the idea of, okay, once somebody is forced into a place where they have to abandon what they've known and they're this blank slate, you can do anything with that show. Right, yeah. And so even though that first episode's really talky, it frees up, I think, every episode in an increasing way to do whatever it wants to do. And and it felt, going into every episode, it really felt like I have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what they're going to do with this story. Uh, it could be big. It could be small. It could be weird. It could be tragic. Who knows what they're going to do. Right. 
And I just, I love that feeling because as much as I love Marvel, there is, especially the movies, there's the expectation you know what's going to happen. Right. You may not know how they're going to get there, but Hero A is going to end up having to punch Villain A. Right, yeah. And that's that's your story. Uh, and if you can do that interestingly, great. But, you know, even Thor Ragnarok, it's got to come down to Thor's got to beat Hela. Even Guardians, <laughs> they've got to go and, and you know, take care of business or in volume two, uh, take out ego. And, and so, you know, it still comes back to the traditional elements. But, you know, do they do it in an interesting way? Loki felt like they do it in an interesting way and they found a way to not do the traditional elements. Yeah. And well, like with the other, like the Marvel films there, I mean, they can tell an interesting story in there, but a lot of times they're meant to propel the overarching larger mm -hmm. story of the whole plan they have for all of Marvel. Yeah. And uh, they're an interesting place right now too, where they're like kind of, re you know, they're resetting and they're trying to find where the next, um, everything is going. And so Loki comes in at that point where yeah. it has that kind of, you don't really have a large expectation of this thing is leading towards this next big thing. Yeah. So they were, I feel like they were in a really good prime spot where they could tell this um, kind of intimate moment um, character piece yeah. about like all the characters. They're not beholden to all these other projects. No. Because they're they're right at the beginning of whatever the next right. phase he's, or arc like or at the beginning is. of this, his character is coming out of that. And he's I mean, since he's like basically plucked out of that storyline and he's now at the with the timekeepers and everything, he's on his own journey. You don't have to worry about any of that. All of that's in his past. And so it's more, now it's the, his moment to discover who he is and mm -hmm. how he actually fits into the universe and how he he's actually, like you said, really a small piece of that minutia. Like he's doesn't, he has no, he really doesn't matter, like yeah. you said. And uh, so it's interesting seeing him discover that and see what his next move is knowing that um and and it's really fun watching him um meet the new variants yeah. and his relationship he forms with all these characters and how um they, yeah they could have easily and and i would have enjoyed it i'm glad they didn't but they could have easily added three four five episodes in between one and two where it's just him and Owen Wilson going around taking out variants, Doctor Who style. Oh, yeah. And they could have done all kinds of inventive stuff, and yeah. it would probably have been a blast. I would have loved it. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that because I do like, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I felt like was too long. Yeah. and Even though it was only six episodes. Even though it was only six episodes, but it still felt this should have been a lean four. Yeah. Uh, you know, I appreciate the expansion, um, you know, but but this was one where I really felt like uh, especially that first five episode block is this is the perfect amount of time to tell this story as economically and as efficient as possible uh, for for maximum enjoyment. Well, it would is um, I can't talk now, <laughs> which is really strange because there are so many moments of just talking yeah. where you could almost it almost could have felt like uh, Winter Soldier or yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, where like this could have been cut, but it all felt very needed and it all felt very um useful to the story and where it was going and it felt 
I don't know if it's just because it's characters I really was enjoying and it was really nice hearing um, different perspectives from their point of view of, of what they went through and um, and learning about the new characters and who they are because they're they're interesting and the, the settings interesting. I don't know if it was just all prime for me to enjoy, but it, it, it never felt like the things that naturally could have been cut from something else mm-hmm. should have been. Yeah. Well, and I think they use their budget really wisely yeah. because one, they made the talking so interesting. Mm-hmm. But episode three is a perfect example where even though they're walking around this world, they're essentially at a cabin talking to an old woman. And then they're just talking to each other in this wasteland. Then they're on a train for how long yeah. in this very small setting. Then when they finally get to the city in the last that's being destroyed by this falling moon in the last two, three minutes or whatever it is, they can go all out with this long take, huge effects, and and it looks like probably way more expensive than the whole show cost right. because they're using those moments very effectively. Yeah, yeah. And some of the visuals in this, I just thought that the, the littered landscape yeah. In episode five, with all of these elements right, of right. of things that have been long forgotten or eaten by this yeah. this cloud thing, that's you know we had just talked about the other episode about the dark tower. That's what I wanted from you know the dark tower right. wasteland yeah. was give me all this stuff that just looks like it's been sitting there for thousands of years and it's from all these different eras and yeah all the stuff that's been sent there through yeah. the um, yeah. the what what do they call that process oh, where the, the pruning the pruning yeah. yeah it's all been pruned there and it which took me a while to like realize like why is all this random stuff here yeah. and I was like oh that's right they're not just pruning people they're pruning the everything that they've come in that contact whole with whole branch yep yeah. so it's all sent there and it just makes this landscape so rich and interesting yeah. and it tells a story in its yeah. own and they spend no time on it i mean this no, is no. literally just in the background they right. barely pause to let you take in the fact that that oh over there's a this or that or yeah. over there's the pyramids the pyramids and the sphinx and any other show would have been a plot point right it's just for them to drive by <laughs> as they're running away from this giant cloud that eats stuff yeah which Man, at that point, think about episode five. You've got an alligator variant. You've got all these variants doing a slapstick battle that doesn't matter at all. You got a frog Thor in a jar. You got a Thanos helicopter. You got a battleship landing and fighting a cloud monster that just wrecks the whole thing. That whole episode should not work. It's well, it's such a hodgepodge, yeah. but man, was it fun. I think that episode works really well because of things they set up on earth, like what I was saying earlier about Mm -hmm. how like the conversations they were having about what that, like the true feelings of Loki and who he truly is. And because like on that, in that world there, they've basically formed this found family. And it says so much about Loki, what is inside of him. Like he's not a bad person or like a bad being he's there's something in him that is good that like you can go to this world and you can form this found family with weird alternate versions of yourself and you find this way to survive and it it like it says a lot about that character and the writers of the show and the showrunner wow do they really make you care about 
a character that you barely know. Old man Loki. Yeah. yeah. In episode five, I love that character oh, yeah. played by Richard E. Grant. Uh-huh. I, I could have watched a whole series with him when he's laughing and making an entire illusion. And he knows he's going to die, but he's just, this is just the pinnacle of, of his, this is his glorious right. purpose. It just, you know, and you know him for all of an episode. Yeah. And and I could have uh, like I'll take a series with that character. Right. I don't actually want a series with that character, but I'm just saying I do. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. That's that's how but th- the way they do things, they could bring him back in season 2 in right. a different way or whatever they want to do. I I just I love that they do so much with the world and the world building that they can drop any character, any variant into it and you automatically in in a very short time understand what makes this character tick right right and i mean I just they did it with an alligator yep i yep. mean there i was, totally understood that it, alligator. First, it was a joke mm-hmm. like and i and i was a good joke i was really laughing yeah. it could have easily been a, a baby yoda yeah like this this cute little thing but actually there was like emotion behind it yep. like they like i said they had this form family found family and there's a relationship between him and the boy Loki. Like they're taking care of each other, and it's just like it could have been so dumb. But like it, he's in the friends world, with the boy. Yeah. He's drinking wine. They do get help when they throw him at President Loki. That's from Thor Ragnarok. We're just like I hate get help, and there he is tossing a Loki it, for an attack. I just I'm like this is an actual character with an arc. Oh yeah, I like, immediately I, I was like get help. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but it, yeah, it could have been a one-note joke. Yeah, and just uh, that that writers' room had to be so much fun. Yeah, and I know it had some of the writers from Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. uh, which explains yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, the I believe the showrunner, the head writer, uh-huh. was uh, one of the the top writers, right under Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. It, have you watched the making of Loki special? No, that I have they not. put up. You should watch that at one point. Uh, he's in the room, in the writer's room, and you see the diagram of the story ideas that they have. This is before they even set in what the story was going to be. Uh-huh. And he uses this uh, circle map uh, that Dan Harmon uses for oh, every right. episode yeah. of, of Rick and Morty or different things. Yeah. And you see that covering the boards behind this guy in their writer's room because he's taken that same kind of uh-huh. story approach and thinking that he's been taught. Now he's over here applying it to Loki. Uh-huh. Um and so you can you can definitely recognize some of those elements where you get a lot for a little bit. <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear what you had to say about the finale. I'm excited to know what you thought. Did it make it better? Did it make it worse? What did you think of the finale? How did this thing end it? Um, well, I was actually really surprised. Um, I was totally ready for this thing to end in a big battle. Um, in some big fight, they're going to meet the big bad they're going to battle him. They're going to win. It's going to, you know, it'll go on to whatever's next. And spoilers ahead, because yeah. I I, th- I very much thought it was going to be a King Loki kind of ultimate version of, yeah, of I, Loki. Right, right. And like, and I've been saying that to you, like, I think it's just, I mean, it's going to, it's going to have to. It's yeah. a Marvel film that always yeah. happens. I mean, Winter Soldier, I mean, like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier did it. Like somehow um, WandaVision did it a bit, which I thought that could maybe avoid that. So it ends, it goes into basically a giant monologue 
set a scene long of dialogue yeah. uh, between these characters. And do you want to say who it was? Sure. Let's just, just spoilers definitely out of the gate and let's just talk freely about okay. it. If somebody's listening to this, I would hope they've seen the whole series. Okay. So yeah, go for it. Um, what was that character's it, name? It, well, the, his his name that he's called in this is uh, He Who Remains. Uh-huh. He's kind of this variant of Nathaniel Richards. Uh, Nathaniel Richards is from the 31st century. He has a lot of different variants. Most famously, he's this big Avengers villain, Kang the Conqueror. That's uh-huh. one of the, the evil variants that this guy alludes to. Okay. Uh, but this is presumably one of the... Uh, kind of better variants right. maybe he may still be a little evil too but he presents himself as one of the better better variants yeah he's the variant who's devised this scheme where it will um off put the uh potential of this giant cataclysmic event where he already lived through it once right right and he won now he's trying to keep it from looping back and ever happening because it's it's essentially a time loop Right. So, and so he he doesn't want that to happen. So in the he first invents place. the timekeepers who are set up the what is the name of the um the TVA. The TVA. Yep. So that it'll keep the timelines by pruning in check so that this event where the divergent event happens will never happen. Which right out of the gate is high sci-fi. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean just and they introduce that quickly. Yeah. Uh and it, but but that's that's some that's not light. That's that's hard sci-fi. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, setting that up. So, like, you. This is a new character. If you're new to, um, uh, if you haven't really read Marvel, like, yeah. which I haven't. So, it was a new character. The only thing I really knew of, really knew of him was because you brought him up to me yeah. a couple weeks ago. Well, that, and that's, that, that, that 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 was the plan for Marvel, right? Well, that they were eventually going to introduce this character. Right. I actually mocked. Yeah, the idea that anybody would think in a Loki series in a Disney Plus series they're going to introduce the next big bad of the movies, right? Like no way, that's never going to happen, right? So the only re- I didn't know anything about him until yeah. because you had brought him up to me, so I was like, oh, that that's the guy Ken brought up, yeah. who because you had told me the actor, was yeah, played it, by Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors, yeah. um, from Last Man or La, Last Man in San Francisco. Yes, um, and from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really great actor. I love him. Um, Always plays somebody in, different. In Last San, Black Man in San, San Francisco. Francisco. Uh, which is, if you haven't seen that film, is fantastic. Yeah. I think that was on both of our top yeah. 10 list of 2019 or, yeah. or whatever that was. Um, so high marks already going in that yeah. they, they have him playing him. So it just gives that scene so much more weight because... I mean, he's a great actor. Well, let's talk about his performance because so much of that character and that monologue, because it is, it's essentially almost the entire episode or a huge chunk of that episode is him explaining things. Mm -hmm. How did that work for you? Did you feel that that was dry? Because I was just completely in it. I, I ate it all up because of his performance. His performance was so believably, I am the man at the end of time and I'm not quite there right anymore yeah. i have lost myself and yeah. i'm tired and i'm kind of crazy and i just every little tick and and it, his performance was so well thought out mm-hmm. and developed i just i couldn't stop watching the performance yeah i was absorbing the information but what i was entertained by was what he was doing with 
that information. Yeah, I think I was, it took me a while to process that, oh, they're going this route mm-hmm. with it. So I was watching his performance and at times it felt a little over the top to me, like it was a little extreme and like it was a little goofy, but by the end, it totally worked for me because it was realizing like he's been here for a long time by himself. He has lost it. He's a man on the edge. He's ready to give up. He's done. done. He's, he's proposing this, um, a kind of ultimatum to them where like either like you can kill me, but this event is going to be unleashed or here, this is yours now. The well, TVA and, and so yours. much of that character and that performance really solidified when they crossed that threshold. Yeah. His reaction to suddenly not knowing what was going to happen right. was so childlike and convincing. That was the moment where I was like, this is who this character is. Right, right. He is yeah. someone who has become so accustomed to knowing that you know, he's he's essentially lost any sense of discovery or newness or surprise or that's part of what's just devolved him into this manic kind of uh, near insane. Right, right. Willy Wonka figure. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. You know, but 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 then when he crosses that threshold, you really see like, oh, he hasn't been surprised by even how something rolls on a desk when he drops it right right he's bored he's bored bored and going tired making him go crazy he wants it all over with or the the decision to be made so he can be prepared for what's going to happen next and at the same time and now this is you know first time i'm just watching performance second time i watched it i was just like oh this is serpent in the garden Mm -hmm. he's he's giving this choice of you know you can eat the fruit or you know, you can do the right thing. It's it's what's your choice. Right, yeah. And he's basically putting this thing in front of them, but he's also pitted them against each other. Yeah. No matter what they choose, they're going to turn on each other. Mm-hmm. There's no version of who these characters are where they both make the same decision. Right. It was, Either way they go. Yeah. But like, I think it was so rewarding for that last scene because of everything that's come before it mm-hmm. with that, how their relationship with the two Lokis um, yeah. and that last scene where he's like basically putting it all on the floor, like how he feels about her yeah, and just because she's made her decision basically like, she, Oh yeah. She's, she's made up her mind. She's made up her mind and he's trying to bring her back from the edge. And he's not even trying to convince her of the other decision. He's just trying to get her to slow down and think a minute. Right, right. And he who remains is really putting pressure on like timeline splitting. You need to decide now. And Loki's just saying, let's take a minute. Right, right. He's not even picked a position yet. It's just a let's not rush into this. this. I've seen what happens when we rush into things. Right. And he's trying to use his now emotional, their their bond that they've formed as this leverage. Which inevitably she's going to see as manipulation. And here he is being exactly what this guy just told me he was and what I really know he is. And it just. But it's also, but it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. in the moment because as a viewer, you are finally seeing him not being manipulative. Like you are seeing him completely laying it all out honestly. 
and he's trying to, but he knows his history yeah. and his how he's come across in the past, and he knows how this probably is coming across, but he's trying his like sincerest to oh, like a, lay a, it out for her. A character at that level who is so calculating being reduced to I just want you to be okay. Yeah, yeah. That line was so sad to me. Yeah. Because it was so clear in that line manipulative Loki would have never used something that simple. Right, right. Ever right. in a manipulation. There would have been a giant like scrawling yep. ma- like masterwork in his Yeah, like, let me give you a whole yeah. argument and story and right, no, right. he just like I'm not even talking about the decision. I just want you to be okay. Right. That was heartbreaking because that was the moment where you just know She's already made up her mind and it's not going to work. But this is as close to fully bearing his soul right. that he can ever get. Yeah. And it's convincingly been set up. He's been stripped down and stripped down and stripped down from episode one. And when you think about this is the Loki of Avengers one who's ready to take over the world. Right. To make that kind of an arc you really have to have that written well right. from beginning to end. You really have to know your end game to be able to start with that character and get them there convincingly. And I I think they did. Well, especially, I mean, like, I don't know, it was episode two where there's a scene where he's trying to manipulate Owen Wilson's character by, mm-hmm. like, trying to... Oh, and you can feel it. Don't go outside of the tent. Right, this the, is what I my variant right, would want. Yes. Like, you can just if you, feel if you go the out there, he's here and like yeah. all this. And Owen Wilson, by the end of that, uh, sees through it. And you can just see how the manipulation actually works. Yeah. So when you get to this scene at the end and you're seeing the honesty to what he's saying, it, it just pays off so well. Yeah. And I, I think what was even more heartbreaking is I think that was I think she finally, before she kisses him and pushes him out the the portal, I think she believed him. Oh, finally. I do too. I think she I, did. I don't think she was still thinking he was manipulating. No. She knew he was being genuine, but she also knew that there's no way she can walk out of that room right. and it's go her whole life. Her whole life has been stopping whatever has been stealing right. variants free will. Right. And so for her to suddenly turn around and say, okay, I'll go back and start doing that thing I've been working to stop. Right, right. There's just there's no version that was yeah. ever going to happen. And so that was the real heartbreak. The heartbreak was he was in that moment and she knew he was in that moment, but they were just diametrically opposed. Yeah. There was well, there was no version where they could land on the same page. Right. And and there's nothing saying that she didn't actually feel the same way, yeah. but it was just like she was on this path. Yeah. There was nothing nothing going to um knock her off what she had in mind. And she never had the moment he had where he went from thinking he was top of the heap right. to being humbled as low as he had to go. She started low and has been fighting and working her way up. Her trajectory is upwards into autonomy Mm -hmm. and his is downwards into realizing, you know, I'm not the be all end all. I'm just another cog. Yeah. She never believed she was the end all be all. No. Yeah. And so they're, they're almost literal star-crossed lovers uh, because they just, it's, it's doomed. And then, and then you realize where it ends that that's almost anything else would have been less mm-hmm. there's i i can't even come up with a version that would have been better than what they pull off and then what you're saying about the fight 
think of all the different big battles that could have happened there. Right. They could have joined forces and fought him. One could have sided with him and the other would have had to fight both of them. Eliath could have come in. They would have had to fight some big monster. Their fight with each other could have been about a fight instead of it being about this emotional Right, right. You know, that that's not about the fight at all. It might have lasted 30 seconds, uh, if that. Right. It, like, was, it was about what what their positions were. Yeah, and it was almost more him defending himself rather than yeah. like an actual battle. And he's trying to defend her killing yeah. the guy because right. he knows what that means. He doesn't care about the guy. Right. But he knows what killing that guy right. will result in. Right. And so he's their their sword fight is essentially it's brief, but it's essentially they're physically fighting over their argument position. Right. And that was just I it was the perfect amount of time. It was the small bit of action that had nothing to do with keeping me entertained. The action was necessary. This is these characters. These characters, when they can't win, they end up fighting. And even that couldn't sustain right. because they're they're not those people with each other. Mm-hmm. And just ah. Uh, and then to to go back and she goes through with what she goes through with and then he ends up not even being remembered by this true friend that he had, he had really kind of forged a friendship with. Yeah. And then seeing this, this statue that indicates this is exactly what he said would happen. Right. And so in that moment, not only has Loki lost this person and been rejected by this person – not only has he been forgotten by this other person that he cares about, right? but now he's realizing he was right. And for the first time, he doesn't want to be right mm-hmm. because now he knows exactly what's going to happen. And it's so much worse mm-hmm. than what it was when it was the TVA. Uh, and that, and to end that way, right. bravo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm very glad that it was a season two situation yeah. because I don't feel like the purpose of introducing that character was just to get that character into the cinematic universe so he could be Kang the Conqueror. Right. I really felt like this was a a really cool way as an origin of that character to understand some things. You could, I would imagine, he. I think his first appearance as Kang is supposed to be in Ant-Man okay. in 2023. Uh-huh. Uh, but you could feasibly not have watched this at all and you're being introduced to this villain in the movies like you don't care if you never watched the Loki series. So it really felt like the Loki series used that character in a way that was independent. Right. And it right. was not, yes, it's setting up an element that's going to pay off in the future, but that moment wasn't about that element. Right. That moment, I mean, that that Loki series, episode one to six, is is whole and complete uh in in what it's setting out to do. Well, especially, I mean, because it's I mean, it had to go somewhere. Yeah. It like it from the beginning. It's setting up that there's somebody behind the curtain. Yeah, f- uh, yeah there's running. a wizard at the end of the yellow brick road. Right. So yeah. it, it doesn't bother me at all that it ends up being this thing that's playing a bigger role. Mm-hmm. It felt very natural to the storyline. Yeah. It, it, I mean, if they had come up with it and it wasn't something that tied to it, somebody had to be back there. Yeah. And it just makes sense that it is this. I mean. Uh, naturally it's this all powerful knowing being yep. that is running this thing. So of course there's going to be power and there's of course there's going to be probably some struggle with this person down the road, but strip away every other movie or, or that he's going to be a villain in the future movies. Yeah. Even if you didn't know that, or even if they weren't going to use him, even if this is just a villain for the Loki series, 
that's a fascinating villain origin right. to roll into season two. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. story they set up isn't a look what we're setting up for future movies. No, we know that because yeah. we read right. comicbook.com. Yeah. But if you're just watching the Loki series, you know, that just feels like setting up season two. Right. And why would that be any different? So, you know, the only criticism I've I've read of of kind of that finale is that, oh, it introduces a character that we didn't even know. Well, shows do that all the time. That's the point. Right. Why wouldn't you? Or why isn't that an option? Uh, and those are usually the people who are convinced it was going to be kind of this ultimate Loki. And then the other one is, oh, they're just setting up the the MCU. Yes, but I think that's underselling how well that moment works in just the Loki story. Right. I think that character, he who remains, that's that's a fascinating choice that he's giving them. Go back and this thing you've hated, you can be a part of it or kill me and you'll get something much worse. Right. That's a great choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, cinematically. I mean, it'd be a terrible choice to choose, but great choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, man. And just to think of how much room they have for season two, like what in the world are they going to do? Sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. And they did the famous uh, kind of um, uh, Gilligan kind of thing from um, Breaking Bad where it's write yourself into a corner. Yeah. At the end of a true. season. Uh, what's his name? Um, I can't get his first name. Gilligan. Vince. Vince Gilligan. Yeah. Uh, write yourself into a corner and then figure it out the next season. But write yourself into a corner that doesn't seem like there's a way out of. And narratively and creatively, that's what propels your writing for the next season. You're not setting yourself up for success. You're setting yourself up to really have to be creative uh, to, to dig out of a hole. And that's what that's what I felt like they did, and I love that. Yeah. So um, he goes back to the TVA, mm -hmm. and so is this in? He's in, in. Is he in the wrong time, or is he like they they forget him? It's not real clear. He's okay. either in a different time, yeah, or because they've gone back, they've essentially been reset by because it's all a time loop, yeah. and so this multiversal war that he who remains talks about it's not when he says there's going to be another one he's not talking about a second he's talking about this is all in a loop and the multiversal war he brought to an end is going to happen if they kill him makes sense and so what i what i think and they could go either way he could just be on the wrong branch and it's a different That's TVA why I branch. Took it as very well could be that it could also be that his branch got overwritten. Mm. That it's still the prime MCU branch, but because it removed the the TVA as we know it, now it's Kang's TVA. That not he who remains a good variant set up, but Kang the Conqueror set up. Okay. And and right. who knows which way they'll go. And maybe it's some combination or neither of those things. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I love about open-ended shots like that, where you just get the uh gut gut punch of that's a different statue. Yeah. Right. And that's definitely that guy. That's the Planet of the Apes. But yes. And so and then credits. Right. And you're left, you know, presumably for the next year. Like, what is that timeline? Right. And all we're going to do over the next year is anticipate what are they going to do in season two? What are they going to do in season two? That's the kind of stuff like back when Lost was on the yeah, air. Yeah. That's the stuff that 
man, I miss that. Mm -hmm. I love when a show knows how to do that. Right. Uh, It just, mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) that's that's how I came out of Loki. Just, mm. Mm. yeah, I, I, I did too. I mean, I was also just, I was disappointed, not, not in what happens, but just Mm -hmm. like, you know, in that, like, I want them to get together. I want him to be happy, yeah. Yeah. even though, you know, it's not going to happen. You want them to make the right decision. You want to see Owen Wilson on a jet ski. Yeah. You want Loki to have won. Yeah. And Sylvie and him have, it. you know, yes, there's an open-ended kind of thing to it, but the hope is that that there's some sort of resolution for their characters, not a further unraveling or a further conflict or challenge. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wanted, I basically wanted them to choose to run the TVA and it was Doctor Who with those yeah. two. I, I would have loved that series too. Fun. I'd still be happy. Yeah. Uh, then I would have just been like episode six is an extension of five. You know, it just, it got sillier. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they would have done it in, in a good way. They chose though to go the dark heavy, um, which is really interesting when you compare it to episode five because episode five is fun. Yeah. It's. 90% fun, 10% drama. And uh I I don't know if there's any fun in episode 6. I I it's all weight. Yeah. For me, it's yeah. it's dread and weight and tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um which I respect. I I hope they pay it off. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think if season 2 goes super ordinary Marvel, like oh guys, you had well, it. Well, if it's the same know. team, I'm I'm hoping they'll Yeah. yeah. I mean, I need to, I'll have to rewatch, like, I haven't rewatched any of them. I have to mm-hmm. rewatch the last one and see if I can try to understand the timeline thing a little mm-hmm. bit better. And again, I may have it totally wrong. When you see all the timeline branches, uh, is that, are they overlapping and crashing into each other? Or are those all do- different timelines? Is there just one timeline with all these variances? How far do they continue to splinter? Because yeah. I always took, I, I know. maybe I was so wrapped up in his performance. I was trying to, I was taking it as he is the variant who broke the loop and came up with this to keep all of the timelines. Like he came up with this system yeah. to keep all of it in check. That's the benevolent interpretation. That's the, it's the benevolent God and yeah. he's telling the truth. Right. Yeah. But then there's, there's this just itch in the back of my mind and it's because of times where like there's moments where he says, can you really trust him to Sylvie about Loki? And there's, there's just these moments of why is he trying to pit these two against each other? And so then it's like, okay, you're at the end of all this. Do you not like what you did, but you can't do anything about it. So you want these two to kill you because that's the only way to free the timeline and bring about your more powerful variant or is it all a time loop and this is like a battle star you know it it happened before it's it's going to happen again or i i don't fully trust him yeah uh as a a reliable narrator uh in his exposition i do believe him when he's saying things like i'm tired Right. I'm done. I I believe well, those moments, but there's moments before that, probably the same moments you're talking about where it almost went too far, where I feel like, is he being theatrical? Yeah. Is this his, like his version of Loki's manipulation where he's just playing these two? Well, I mean, to also, get what he wants. but it does get to that point where he can't see the time, like yeah. in, he doesn't see the events anymore. Yeah. And you see that kind of honest reaction from yeah. him. So I don't know, maybe it's a thing where he thinks he's doing the best thing at the beginning of that 
timeline and it gets to the end where he's so tired he just wants to die and then knowing that even it'll set everything back in motion but he just like i can't deal with it anymore and he calls it i mean from almost the beginning he calls it a gambit yeah he he's basically identifying that he knows the choice he's going to give him and i i think what he's saying is it's as much of, of a risk for him yeah and i i don't think he's evil I also don't think he's good. I almost think he's just another version of a trickster. Again, I think he's almost like a serpent in the garden kind of character uh-huh. where, uh, yeah, as, especially if you're looking at him as just tired and done. And because what he's basically saying is you guys run it or you guys deal with the problem. I'm done either way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious what they do. Very curious. Yeah. I don't think that version of that character is coming back. I think he's dead. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious what they uncover is, especially as he goes back and figures out what this new TVA is. Right. Uh, and why do they, like, even if they don't remember him, that variant Loki, why don't they recognize him as a Loki? Are there no Loki variants? Because they don't even, they just look at him like he's another analyst from a right. floor they haven't yeah. met before. They, yeah, right. You know, everybody does. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like if Lokis are constantly being pruned, why aren't they being pruned anymore? Well, Nobody maybe knows they, a Loki. He's the only Loki all of a sudden. Well, maybe at that point Loki is just working within the in there so they've yeah. seen him around like he's part of that maybe. system now. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's just they're used to him being there. Yeah. I who knows? I can't wait. I honestly, <laughs> I, I was so excited. Uh, not by, I felt the same thing you did. I really, I wanted it. I wanted Owen Wilson on a jet ski and I wanted well, them on the beach. Well, I mean, that's a testament but I to also how. Know that's right. not the best story. Right. And that's a testament to how well done it was yeah. because there's not often where like I feel that way yeah. about uh, characters in a story where I actually want them to get together yeah. or be happy or like there's been this like progression through the story where you mm-hmm. feel like that's possible. And um, so, yeah, I think that's a testament to how well the story was told. All right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of my brain on Loki. I think we said it all. I, th- I think we said more than all. <laughs> yeah. This went a lot longer than I was expecting. I, I know the whole time we were talking, I was just like, we thought this would be like 15, 20 yeah. minutes. I didn't think I had out. anything to say about this. I was like, I enjoyed Loki. That's, That's about another it. measure of a good show, a yeah. great show. Uh, when you can just sit and once you get talking about it, you just find layer after layer after layer. And it's not just Easter eggs. And, you know, I appreciate Easter eggs in a comic book movie. But when you can, we haven't even talked about Easter eggs. It's I, been I mean, all I about... Don't. Uh, you don't care. Yeah, I, I just mean really this has all been about actual story, narrative, character, depth. Uh, it, you know, it just uh, to what think about Thor in that, that jar? I did mention that once, <laughs> <laughs> but but just to think that we've gotten to a place where not only do we have comic book movies. This is why I'm excited, Clint. Not only do it. we you have are so excited, I, you're like buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. It's a ball of energy. We not only have comic book movies. We have a thing where they can just do an entire comic book TV series that has no significant fight or big bad, really. I hope there's and more of them that I, do this. I love it. Yeah. I hope that they see the success of it. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, let's, you know, Disney Plus is the perfect place uh, to just play and yeah. do different things. And give me a comedy series. Give me a, you know, just uh, play. Just mm-hmm. play. Mm. Clint, I'm. 
This has been our bonus travel episode. I have a dart gun here. I'm about to shoot it at you. I'm sorry. This is, I'm telling you. It's getting rabid. I just, if you would have told me when I was a child that this is the future I would be adulting through, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I could have done without the pandemic. And just pretty cool. General aging, dying illness, all that stuff. Yeah. But just as far as comic book movies are concerned, mm, what a day to be alive. Just makes you forget about all those horrible things. going on. It does. It does. So anyway, uh, this has been Cinebabble's very special TVA episode. Hope you enjoyed it Uh, until Loki season two. I assume before that, I think we'll uh, talk before we'll that. we'll have some other things to talk about, unless you know pandemic yeah. pandemics again. Thank you, Delta variant. Oh, Delta <laughs> variant. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. All right. <laughs> See you later, kids. Bye.